Hello and welcome to MLW Confusion. I'm your host Rob Cameron bringing you all that you may or may not need to know about Major League Wrestling and its television programming. This week it is finally back and by it of course I mean new programming from Major League Wrestling so we don't need to worry about the mailbag or top 10 lists or any other crazy promotional stunt I need to throw out there to continue making new content instead of taking a week off like a rational person would. So we have content and we have news. And we'll cover this slightly in the uh, review of the Battle Riot show itself. Uh, but the biggest news to come out this week for Major League Wrestling is the announcement of MLW Fusion Alpha. Uh, what this is, they were vague, but it's kind of getting the company up to date um, and showing everyone the beside, we'll call it behind the scenes in universe doings of Major League Wrestling um, and Azteca Underground leading up to this new season. Uh, this is going to be a four part miniseries, mostly shown on the YouTubes by the looks of it. And we are heading into, I guess we'd call it phase three. Of MLW, that's, I think that's fair to say. That's what we'll go with. I mean, in reality, it's probably like four or five. But who's actually counting, besides the accountants, because that's what we pay them to do. All right, it is time for the Battle Riot event itself. The show starts off with Azteca Underground owner Cesar Duran coming out. Philly is chanting for him, or at least chanting for Lucha, but the former Mr. Cueto is not impressed. He notes that Philly are not true believers, they're posers, because they're not loud enough, so the crowd chants louder. Meanwhile, Mr. Duran notes that he is now the official matchmaker for Major League Wrestling. So hopefully this will lead to more opportunities, more violence, and of course, more sacrifices. But before we can figure out what's going to go on next, or what's the first match that he is going to make, Injustice comes out. And uh, the first thing I note is that Jordan Oliver has real tights now. He's almost starting to look like a wrestler. I I'm impressed. Very impressed. But that never mind that. They're out there wanting a shot at the MLW Tag Team Championship. Unfortunately, Mr. Duran has no clue who the Young Goat, our MLW middleweight champion, is. And you're going to do something to possibly... Oh, what's this? We have more music. We have a draft card countdown appearing, and bang, 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 it's the new LAX with Conan and Julius Smokes. The latter is a name I would say I haven't seen in quite some time, but thanks to the reruns of MLW Underground, you know, we've seen him a handful of times and listened to him, but really, like, in terms of a new product, uh, I haven't seen him in quite some time. Uh, Conan has some history with the former Dario Cueto, Cesar Duran. Well, they kind of have some words before Conan lets the new LAX have a mic. And the new LAX is, consists of Riviera and Boogie Slice. And they both get turns on the mic and really just say some, some things to hype up the crowd, but otherwise are, you know, of no real use. Um, but the more importantly, Conan wants a tag team title shot for LAX. Um, Injustice takes offense to this because this is their first day on the job, shouldn't be getting tag titles, and they, of course, has fight. Uh, security, referees, break the two apart, and that's just kind of the end of that. Big brawl to end that segment. 
Backstage, we see Alicia Toot with new draftee EJ and Duca. Uh, they're going to have a draft, or, well, not a draft special, uh, but a number drawing little moment here. Uh, unfortunately, that gets interrupted by a Contra transmission. And shock of all shocks, every member of Contra's there, even the ones that have been missing for quite some time. Looking at you, Mads Kruger and Akira Kwan. Like, it's been so long since I've seen Kwan, like, I almost forgot he was part of the group. But he's here tonight, and that's the important thing. The family is all back together. They've gotten the band back together. And it's just the usual Joseph Semiel stuff. You know, training, taking over the company, who's it's, what not, and all that sort of good stuff. Uh, we come back to a new presentation. Uh, evidently, MLW is getting a miniseries uh, entitled Fusion Alpha. Um, this is being announced by Rich Bocini and Mr. St. Laurent, our commentary team for the evening. Uh, we get a brief video package for the new miniseries, and really, it doesn't answer any of our questions. asks a bunch of other questions about a company divided and whatnot. Uh, so we'll see what goes on there. Um, one, they, no other information is given, so I don't know if it's a web exclusive, if this is what's going on on BN Sports or Vice TV. Who knows? But we'll just see what it is, wait and see. But it's exciting. I'm hoping so, anyway. Anywho, we come back to Team Filthy's Kevin Koo and Tom Lawler with Alicia Toot. They're getting ready to draw their numbers. you got to roll the perfect amount, of course, before you can reach in and grab your number. Kevin Koo goes first. He seems content enough with his number. Uh, Filthy Tom then goes next, and he is quite upset, calling for a do-over. You know, that was a practice run. Uh, but EJ and Duca shows up. And kind of runs Team Filthy off. This, of course, leads us now to the Battle Riot match itself. If you haven't heard any of the hoopla going around about it, it is a 40-man Battle Royal. Except, in addition to going over the top rope and having both your feet hit the floor, you can also be eliminated by pinfall or submission. So adding a little extra element of danger through the contest. Um, I did scribble a bunch of names, uh, very little like content notes, so this is going to be closer to auctioneering than a proper rundown of the match, and so I kind of apologize, but then on the other hand, if you've seen a Battle Royal, you kind of know what kind of goes on as terms of formatting for a Battle Royal match, so it's usually a bunch of brawling, kicking, punching, you know, playing around near the ropes. New guy comes in, gets his stuff in, and wash, rinse, and repeat. People get eliminated. So maybe some cool spots occur in the meanwhile. Um, but otherwise, it's pretty much that approximate formula. So we are going to find out who our first two competitors are. And entrant number one is the American Wolf, Davy Richards. Participant number two is Tom Filthy Lawler. Of course, he is clad in his jorts, so all is right with the world. He's hoping to be the first two-time winner of the Battle Riot match itself. He won the first one a handful of years ago and parlayed that opportunity into a successful title shot, winning the MLW Championship against Low Key. So those two trade submissions for a bit, and entrant number three is TJP. He's back with the company. Entrant number four is Lee Moriarty, the newcomer from the MLW draft this past summer. Uh, number five, 
Kit Osborne slash Rip Von Eric, uh, whichever name you want to call him by. Uh, he's here. He's back with the company. Still part of Team Filthy. Entrant number six is American Top Team's King Mo. And I'm just going to note that he just about killed Moriarty with the T-Bone Suplex. Like, he comes in, hooks him, and just dropped him, like, straight on his head. Like, I kind of winced. Number seven is Heavyweight Hustle Calvin Tankman. Number eight is the debuting Ares. Number nine, Lucha Base, Gringo Loco. Number ten, Zenshi. Number eleven, Eramis. Number twelve, the debuting Alex Kane, the suplex assassin, comes in and suplexes everybody. At thirteen, Myron Reed comes in and hits cutters and stunners on everybody. Number fourteen, the first of our real big surprises, is the returning Savio Vega, and with him comes a kendo stick. He done cleans house with that, and of course this is a metaphorical cleaning house because he doesn't eliminate anyone, in case we're running into a theme here. Uh, number fifteen is Injustice member Jordan Oliver and his fancy new tights. Number sixteen is a total rando known as the Beast Man. Uh, he's clad in some leopard prints, so, you know, to drive home the point that he's part beast, part man, um, and all hoss, I will give him that. Uh, now we get a twofer, evidently. Um, number 17 and number 18 are LAX, Slice Boogie and Riviera. They bring a cart full of weapons, and Julius smokes out with them. Uh, raising some heck in the process. Number 19, track member Matt Cross. And now we're finally, finally, after number 19, getting our first batch of eliminations. Uh, Savio Vega is pinned by both members of LAX. Uh, meanwhile, at number 20, Buku Dao comes out. Tom Lawler is dumped out of the ring by Davey Richards. Uh, then at 21, Marshall Von Erich arrives. Kid Osborne is then pinned by Marshall Von Erich after some claw shenanigans. At number two, the, or excuse me, number 22, The Judge, EJ and Duca, and big dude, he's getting a big debut tonight, you'll, you'll hear his name a lot here in the next, like, couple of minutes, because he promptly eliminates the Beast Man. He then dumps Gringo Loco over the top rope. Meanwhile, a name we haven't heard in a quite some time comes out at 23. It is Kim Chi, the former manager of the Ugandan giant uh, Kamala. Uh, not much known as a wrestler in his own right, but he's here with some sort of club thing. Uh, meanwhile, Alex Kane is dumped by Nduka, as is King Mo goes over. Kim Chi as well, didn't last terribly long, uh, eliminated by EJ Nduka himself, uh, as well as Ares and... All this happens in between 23 and 24. Number 24, former SCW pro competitor Zicky Dice. In the process, Buku Dao is pinned by TJP. TJP is then dumped by Induka. At 25, Team Filthy member Kevin Koo. Uh, Matt Cross is then dumped out by EJ Induka. Uh, number 26, making his MLW debut, Casey Navarro. And they never really... Uh, address this, but uh, Lee Moriarty got dumped by Calvin Tankman. Um, they note he takes a big elbow, falls out of the ring, and then he just, you know, Chuck Cunningham's it out. Um, I will also note through all this chaos, um, things get really start getting chaos. We're finally, you know, getting all these eliminations in and out, and I've totally missed folk, uh, just because 
they weren't properly announced as being eliminated. They're just, you know, you just kind of watch them and gone. And so I hope to scribble something. But I didn't want to spend all day, you know, pausing and restarting. Because that's how I killed my love of the Lord of the Rings. It was party, uh, pausing and restarting, pausing and restarting, scribble, scribble, scribble. And, you know, I want to love wrestling. And that part of that is not doing my due diligence and taking complex notes. Um, as this is all going on, though, uh, also note that, like, there's, like, Three, maybe four times, Zenshi gets dumped out of the ring in some way, shape, or form and performs the Kofi spot. So instead of like bringing in Kofi, John Morrison, you know, Casey, Katazaro, uh, Naomi, all those folks who do the fancy stuff, they just put all that stuff on Zenshi. So like he gets dumped clear to uh, the timekeeper's table, uh, hops back in the ring from there, uh, like does, ends up like flipping into the guardrail, but his feet don't touch the ground. Yeah, you know, walks on some fans and then walks on his hands back in the ring, doing stuff like that. So he's Kofi Kingston now, just in case anyone was wondering. Now, whether you're someone who works out or, like me, needs to maintain focus and mental clarity, we could all use a pick-me-up. That's where Ray's Energy steps in. With Refresh Technology, Ray's provides a hydrating, sugar-free boost of energy without the crash some other energy drinks have. You can find out where you can get Ray's Energy near you by visiting www.repsports.com. And while you're there, check out the other products that Rep offers, such as pre- and post-workout supplements and snacks. And if you want some extra savings, order online and apply my discount code CASS, that's C-A-S-S, at checkout for 15% off your order. Number 27, a name we haven't heard in a while, is Lance Anawai'i of the Anawai'i clan. Uh, meanwhile, Calvin Tankman and uh, EJ and Duka double-dump each other over the top rope, uh, tussling together. They're both finally gone. Um, and that brings the grand total of eliminations for Nduka to number nine. Uh, nine eliminations for the big man. Kind of an impressive debut for him as well. Um both members of LAX are dumped out of the ring by Injustice. Uh, then LAX gets revenge and pull out Injustice in the process as well. Uh, number 28, we have a surprisingly slim L.A. Park, who gets revealed to be filthy Tom Lawler. Um, and then no one's going to comment or do anything about it. They're just going to let Tom Lawler enter twice. Not that it matters, because he's promptly dumped by Marshall Von Erich. Uh, so thereafter, there's those shenanigans. Uh, <laughs> bye, Tom. Eliminated twice. Good job. At 29, we get our first member of Contra Unit, Simon Gotch. Following him at 30 is Sean Devari. Number 31, ECW legend The Blue Meanie, who's arguably one of the most over competitors in this match. Of course, they are at the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the former home of Extreme Championship Wrestling. And Meanie was an ECW original, of course. So, you know, local boy makes good. And that, and let's just face it, if you're not familiar with The Blue Meanie, he's a very, very fun wrestler to watch. I, I am a fan of the big dude. Uh, love me some BWO while I'm at it. At 32, the returning Ikiro Kwan comes in. At 33, Ross Von Erich. Uh, Zicky Dice gets pinned by Kwan somewhere here in the mess. At 34, Contra leaders Joseph Samael and his spike arrives. At 35, ya boy, Alexander Hammerstone, clad in Hulk Hogan red and yellow. 
36 are two members of the Sendai Death Squad. Evidently, they get a twofer. They both get to come in, and one just doesn't get a number, but they both get to arrive. Uh, we also find out that they don't, uh, that they both have to be eliminated, so it's not just like one gets done and they're both out. But, you know, I don't make the rules. Evidently, Contra does. Or, you know, Cesar Duran, and I'm not going to argue with him because he loves violence, and I love battle royals, so, you know, it all works out well in the end. Number 30... Where would I go with these notes? 37! 37, the biggest surprise of the night, even bigger than Kim, Kim Chi, is Quang the Evil Ninja. Quang probably hasn't been seen in nearly 30 years. This is just bloody amazing. Love it. Love, love every inch of it. Uh, at least every inch of the nunchuck he is now clubbing everyone with. They are clubbering Tony. Uh, 38, King Muertes comes in. Meanwhile, the Blue Mini is getting the poison mist from Quang the Evil Ninja, which leads right into the straight to hell. Blue Mini gets eliminated by King Muertes. At 39, former Dynasty member Gino Medina. And number 40, last but not least, the man who follows me on Twitter, at the Nova of Cass, Mads Krugar, the Black Hand of Contra Unit. Um, at this point, all of our competitors are in the ring. There is nothing left to do, but I'll start eliminating dead bodies. So let's get to it. Uh, Lance Anawa is dumped by Mads. Casey Navarro is dumped by Mads. Gino Medina gets dumped by King Muertes. Quang gets gets pinned. Just say that three times fast. It's probably a lot easier than what I could do. Um, but anyway, Quang gets pinned by King Muertes. Muertes gets dumped out by both Von Eriks. Sendai Death Squad member, we're just going to call him number one, gets dumped out by Hammer, as is Joseph Samael, kind of a twofer there in one shot. The second Sendai Death Squad member gets dumped by Ross Von Erich. Uh Akira Kwan gets dumped by Marshall. Both Von Eriks gets dumped by Mads Kruger. Uh, Gotch and Davari are eliminated at the same time over the top rope by your boy Hammer. We have a Haas fight. Our last two competitors are Contra Units Mads Kruger and your boy Hammer. Uh, these two have history, and their feud was never satisfactorily... Uh, satisfactory... Uh, satisfactorily? Cool, we'll go with that. I don't know. I'm going so fast my brain's not following up with my mouth. Um... But their feud hasn't properly finished. And of course, I mean, just in general, Contra is standing in the way from Hammerstone getting a, t a title shot against Jacob Fatu. So, like, here's our big finale. They're fighting. Kruger's got the spike. He doesn't get, get to keep it for long. Hammer gets it and just spikes his foot, spikes his tummy, spikes his head. Hammer hulks up just like Hulk Hogan, minus the big boots and leg drop, but gets to eliminate Mads. Your boy, Hammer, your 2021 Battle Riot winner. He gets a guaranteed title opportunity against Jacob Fatu or any other MLW World Heavyweight Champion that may come along in there before or after he, you know, cashes it in. It may not be Fatu, but it's at least Fatu for the time being. And there is nothing Contra can do about this. He is guaranteed a title shot. Uh, Fatu comes out after some taunting like Hulk Hogan by Hammerstone. Fatu is held back by Joseph Samael. Samael doesn't want Fatu to touch Hammer at this point. Uh, I'll get some refs to come out too. Hammer goes back to pretending he's Hulk Hogan, like doing the cupping of the ear, doing the 
pumping and all that sort of good stuff. For some odd reason, a female in the crowd has a bottle of baby oil, so now Hammer's all oiled up, and yeah, it's great, I guess. Ba uh, you know, man who's already ungodly sweaty competing in this match is now oiled up. Uh, he leaves. Our show is over. Um, and here's some quick thoughts I have on that. Uh, EJ Duca gets, like, some big street cred in here. He gets nine eliminations. Um, second most is Marshall Von Eric. And then we have four people tied for three. Your boy Hammer, Maz Kruger, uh, King Mortes, and LAX all have three eliminations apiece. Um, some other thoughts, just in general. Uh, and I will qualify this that I was thoroughly entertained through most of it, but there were, I'm going to nitpick on here, um, even though I love some battle royals, and even, like, a bad battle royal is good to me. And this and I'm not saying this battle royal was bad. Like, it, it, it was fun. It was fun, but it definitely picked up the second half. Uh, my big complaint, it was that there was no eliminations, like, whatsoever, until nearly the halfway point. Um... And to kind of compound this, and this is something I see a lot in wrestling, it's one of the things I, it nitpicks overall in general, is that it, people weren't always going for eliminations or even, like, tr trying to do damage to their opponent. Like, they were really hot-dogging, especially the Lucha guys, which I understand. Like, Lucha is very much aerial ballet. But, like, there's guys who know better, like, or at least should know better, or, like, dude, come on, you're in the perfect position. Like, I will single out Gringo Loco for one. Like, he had a dude in a press slam and then dropped him behind him like he was the ultimate warrior. Like, no, throw him forward. Throw him out of the ring. The only way, okay, there's three ways to win. But one of the ways you can win is throwing a guy over the top rope. And that's, honestly, if you've already got the guy up in a press slam, probably the easiest way to go about this. You know, and then there were, like, submissions attempted throughout the match, uh, you know, especially with Tom Lawler in there, King Mo, uh, TJP, Davey Richards, all these guys are submission guys, and they were all, like, breaking up each other's submissions. Like, come on, man. Like, you gotta try to win this thing. So, we got guys, you know, dancing around, we got guys breaking up submissions, like, are we really trying to win? So, like, just those things compounded things made for like the first half of the uh, half of the battle royal very slow uh and like a lot of guys spent a lot of time on the floor like and this has been a complaint about like WWE's Royal Rumble for the last couple of years there's always like a guy or two who's just like taking a nap on the floor and like at various points like everybody except for like two or three guys were on the floor as well so like that threw off the pacing that being said you know once the eliminations started coming the pace picked up, and it was a lot more entertaining. Um, you know, and I know, like, I record this after the fact. Like, I I admitted last week that I couldn't watch the show live, because um, I had prior social engagements. Um, but, you know, I, I've seen the spoilers, because I'm also that guy sometimes, and people really ragging on Hammer winning, and, like... You could complain about, at a certain level, there's, like, like, a lack of build for Hammer winning the Battle Riot, but it makes sense within the story, especially the fact that Contra was heavily involved and featured during the latter half of the Battle Riot. You know, they're trying to, you know, block him from winning, and he's beating the odds. Like, so I feel like that, you know, that story, is, that story makes sense. And it's not always a bad thing in any realm of fiction to, you know... 
have your ending be somewhat predictable. Like, you know the good guy's going to win in most movies. You just, you, I think a lot of folks would be disappointed if like some random Marvel movie occurs and the bad guy wins and it's not, you know, like a Thanos where, you know, he's, you know, annihilating half the universe with his power. You know, we're, we're just having, you know, Baron Zemo win just randomly. Like, no, we don't like that swerve. Like, so predictability isn't necessarily a bad thing. And really, like, storyline-wise, like, who else Who else is really going to do it? Like, you don't necessarily want, like, a too big of a surprise doing it. Like, as impressive as Nduka did, like numbers wise like i don't feel like that would translate to uh, to a tile shot immediately um though i'm not though i'm not going to say that can't because there it's not like he's cashing it in tomorrow or you know the next episode of fusion like he can sit on this for quite some time uh and you know we can have some extra build but i do feel like that uh, things like that would leave a worse taste in the fans mouth though again like with enduka's you know, success during the match, of course. He should, like, I think he won a lot of the fans over that way. You know, but, like, there's not a whole lot of other folks who would, you know, logically win it that wouldn't seem like a huge disappointment. You know, and even, like, then the new draft uh, draftees, like, a lot of them don't have a lot of overall, like, name value. It's not like they brought in, like, a big star from you know a full a couple of years ago as like the guy like most most outside of Davy Richards who could believably you know pa- get in there he's 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 got some street cred to him and world champion in various promotions but really outside of like Richards a lot of the new guys don't have that street cred behind him and then even then like Calvin Takeman like I was really surprised like how hyped he was you know prior uh to the season ending and how little like he really did overall like he looked cool like he took a lot of shots and shrugged them off but really he got two eliminations and really didn't get uh, too many of his like signature spots in outside of like a pop-up which even then i complained about the pop-up because again if you can pop someone up you can pop them over the ropes man um but you know never mind that um but overall you know it was fun once we got the latter half in and we started getting like some real action going and that's you know all we need to ask for in the realm of professional wrestling we got storyline progression and we got some hot action and the blue mini duh so that is awesome as well you know it'd been great if real parker showed up though i would have marked out hard for that but as i said you know it's not a bad thing it would you know is a solid Battle Royal overall, um, and we'll see kind of what go- what happens next in terms of the Contra Unit Hammerstone feud. All right, Battle Riot is in the books. The podcast has been recorded with actual new material, and it happens to be the end of the show. I uh, just want to thank everyone for listening once again and bearing with me the last couple of weeks as I hastily thrown together things that weren't clip shows instead of the usual product. Hopefully this means we're uh, back on track to do things the proper way and properly reviewing Major League Wrestling. Uh, but again, just thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for the plugs. And all that sort of good stuff. Support the podcast and all those other instructions. Meanwhile, I will bid you adieu. I will see you all next week.
Thank you for listening to MLW Confusion. MLW Confusion is written and narrated by Rob Kammer, but is not affiliated with Major League Wrestling. The opening theme is written and performed by Rob Kammer, and what you are listening to right now is Ruined My Day by Alan L. Schroeder. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Also, be sure to tell your friends, family, and enemies about the show. Word of mouth is very important to us small businesses. You can also get up to date with the thoughts and ramblings at the social media at the links in the description. If you'd like to support monetarily and help out, and to upgrade our equipment too, by the way, you can in the following ways. First, our virtual tip jar is at www.kofi.com slash Casanova. That is C-A-S-S-O-N-O-V-A. Or, for more bang for your buck, join our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Casanova. For as little as $1 a month, you can get access to MLW Confusion early and ad-free, plus get weekly exclusive goodies. So be like the OGs, Maverick45 and Alan Schroeder, and check that out! Also, for your energy, sleep, and workout needs, check out repsports.com and use the coupon code CAS at checkout to get 15% off your order. <laughs>